nice to see everyone here. We welcome you. We welcome those watching online. Thank you for joining. Let's confess our vision. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the word of God, and we make an internal impact in the lives of others. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, this month is Christmas, the birth of our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a wonderful time to celebrate. Um, this morning on my way in, I was reminded of his coming. He's coming soon. <laughs> we get to rejoice and be glad that it's his birth, the month that he was, he came here to this world. But we also can get excited and rejoice because he's coming soon. <laughs> Amen. So today let's rejoice because our Lord is coming soon. And we will no longer have to be stressed at Christmas. <laughs> we can rejoice always. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Father God. We just thank you for your presence here, Lord. We thank you for your joy, for your unspeakable joy, which is full of glory, Lord. We just glorify your name, Father.
going to do things a little different this morning. We're going to have the children come up. Um, before that, Eric will come up and do the announcements. And then we'll get back to worship. Keep the joy. I'm just looking at that cake. I guess I'll take the pulpit too. Why don't we ever have cake before service instead of afterwards? Give us more energy, right? So I got a few announcements Pastor wrote for me. How's everybody doing? You're still sleeping? It's rainy out. That's why I'm up here. Usually it rains when I'm up here. So a few announcements. Does everybody get this? Thanks, Donna, for telling everybody to grab one of this and passing out that candy. I only got one piece, though, so I'm going to go walk by, back by the bucket a couple more times. So uh, there's no midweek service, so no service on Wednesday. We'll be having the service on Friday instead, candlelight, so they'll be handing out candles. Um, that's always a good time, very intimate setting. And it's good to uh, be thankful to God that he sent Jesus down to take care of us. Amen? So these are the invite cards for that service on Friday. And we want you to pass them out at your work, people you know, family members, and invite them to church. Because people aren't just going to come. Oh, Father Sauce Family Church. Sometimes it happens. They, you come here, you walk in, you're like, hey, this is a great church. But a lot of times people won't go to church, especially people that never go to church regularly won't come to church unless they're invited so let's invite people to church we'll have a great time it's next week at this time christmas will be over so let's celebrate it while we can amen it's always goes by that fast you, the lead up after thanksgiving the christmas is always a good time it can be stressful but we'll, let's not let it be that way this year amen um and then it's like oh it goes by well it's one day we celebrate jesus every day though so pass these out and invite people to church. I'll do my best. We'll see how many people we can get in this place. Amen? The ugly sweater contest. Show of hands, who's, who brought an ugly sweater? I'm not going to comment on anybody wearing a sweater right now. Just in case it's not really an ugly sweater that you happen to like the sweater. and Oh, I'm, you're in the contest today. What do you mean? The ugly sweater? Oh, I got this as a gift for my granddaughter. My bad. It's a beautiful sweater. Tony, are we ready to go up there? They look ready. So those announcements, I think that's it. So after, after service today, don't leave. Stay for the, the ugly sweater contest. Service is canceled on Wednesday because we're doing it on Friday. Amen?
Step down from heaven, humbly you came, God of all creation, here with us, in a starlit manger, Thank you. 
Glory to God. Oh, we thank you. Come on, continue to worship him this morning. We worship you, Jesus. We love you. We exalt and adore you in this place. Oh, we thank you that you came down, love embodied, came down here on this earth, and you changed everything. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and whether we're standing on the mountain or in the valley, we remind ourselves of what love has done on this earth. We thank you that love changed the destiny of our lives. Love, God himself, changed everything. And he continues to do it if we'll let him do it. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father God. We remind ourselves this morning of what your son has done. We thank you, Jesus. And when he came, he brought healing, he brought health, he brought wholeness with him. He brought hope to a world without hope. He brought peace to a world without peace. He brought a higher level of love to this planet when he came. A self-sacrificing love. And if we'll let that love rule and reign in our hearts today, it will change everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for this time that we have here today. And we're intentional about our worship to you. We're intentional when we gather together with brothers and sisters of like precious faith. We're intentional about it. And we thank you that we are not alone, but the Holy Spirit is here. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your wisdom this morning. We thank you for your words this morning. We thank you that you are the spirit of truth and the spirit of grace. And we embrace you right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know the ways and the wisdom of the Father. And we desire that you have your way in this place today in Jesus name I lift up every single person who's here this morning or watching us at home if you have sickness in your body we just send the word of healing to you right now in the name of Jesus we declare that your body is functioning in the perfection to which God created it to function and every day you're getting better and better in Jesus name we declare that the power of God is at work on the inside of you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And if you'll receive that, you can be healed and whole. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus bore your sickness and carried all pain. All pain. And so pain, we tell you right now that you are defeated and you have no place in our bodies for we are the children of God and the blood of Jesus is against you, devil. And so pain must go right now. Discomfort must go right now. Fever must go right now in the name of Jesus. All pain, all sickness, all disease, it has to go right now and submit to the name of Jesus. And so we see you healed. We get a vision of you completely healed and whole. 
and strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In Jesus' name, we see you come up out of that bed. We see you get up off of that couch. We see you walking in strength and power in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you have the victory today. Amen? Do you receive the victory today? You've got to receive it. Receive the victory today. It belongs to you. Amen? Glory to God. Why don't you greet one another this morning and you may be seated. Hello again. It's me. This part of the surfer service is we're going to receive the offering. First, I'd like to welcome newly married couple, Corey and Ashley. We love weddings. There's a lot of things going, behind, going on behind the scenes that some of us know about. Some of us don't. But the enemy's trying to attack us and weaken us, but we're only going to get stronger as long as we stay on his path. There's different ways you can give. They're right there on the screen. Mr. Ivan, can you put up the roof project, please? That's that number in the middle, zero. We took in $693 last week. I had this unction after service that because there were still some numbers in the middle there that was like you know kind of pondering I was going to pray about it when I got home talked with pastor about it and a couple in this church texted her and said hey we want to meet that goal so that's what they did and um, that's how God works paying off debt we don't want to owe any man anything Except love, right? So that's zero. And as you can see, $17,245 we received since last February. Or was it March? February. It was about March. We wanted a six-month plan. We did it in four. That's good. We have some givers in this church. Everyone's a giver in this church, if, if you want to ask my personal opinion. So that's good. So that was half of what the roof costs. Now we're going to work on the, the, the next half. And we're already... We're already getting into paying down the last half of that debt. And we got some great things coming up. I just can't share them with you yet. But they're coming, and that's why I'm so excited. Now, I could um, throw a bunch of scripture at you. We like to do that here because we teach out of the Bible, teach on Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But I just have a couple testimonies, and I think sometimes we need that. And if any of you have testimonies in this church, you can make a quick video and send it in. 
or if you'd like to come up here, take a couple minutes to share it with us. We'd really like to appreciate it because we can pray all we want and do things outside of church, but when you see people being successful because of God's plan in the church, we all can get excited. We all can get that fire underneath us to move forward and spread the gospel. Amen? So last time I was up here, I, was in, I talked about injuring my back at work. And if some of you weren't here, that was back in August. And so, you know, I, I got hurt. I went to the doctors. They gave me an MRI, and I have a burst um, disc in my back, my lower back. And so, of course, the workman's comp insurance kicked in, and I was just waiting. And it took a long time for me to see the doctor. It took a couple months. After I saw that, then the insurance company wanted me to see a second doctor, one of their doctors. And he's like, I agree with the first doctor, the neurosurgeon, with the treatment I'm going to have. So I was like, okay, just going along with it, trying to rest. Sitting on my couch, laying on my couch a lot. I feel helpless, useless. Ask her, she'll tell you. I can't do it. I really can't do it. I struggle to do some things. But um, after those couple of months, I received a letter, and I told you about it. I said, hey, all your um, insurance is shut off. I'm like, now who do I talk to? Do I have to get into an argument with these people? I got a certified letter, which they just signed it and said I got it, and they put it in my mailbox. But it said, you're shut off as of November 10th. So I was a little frustrated. Like, what are you going to do? You feel helpless. Who are you going to talk to? It's Saturday night. So the next day at church, of course, I was praying here and, and just believing in that God was going to work everything out. So a week goes by, two weeks go by. Kind of texting back and forth with the person that's on the case. And I have this nurse that's checking in with me. And I'm like, well, I lost my benefits. How am I going to go to fit, uh, rehab, physical therapy? So they were checking into it. And I was sitting in my driveway. And the Holy Spirit said, hey, ask this person at your job. As a guy I used to work for, I know he thinks highly of me because he wrote a letter when we got our house saying he'll always have a job at Image First. So I called him up. He's pretty high up there now. And I used to work directly for him. And I said, hey. Pete, who can I talk to that's going to get on my side to help me? And so he gave me this woman, her name is Sue, and she's down in Florida. So I called her up, and I said, I told her my situation. She said, well, we got to work on this. This isn't right. So we went back and forth, and at one point she's like, well, maybe you have to go on unemployment. I said, no, I'm not going on unemployment. I am employed by this company. I got hurt. The reasons the insurance company shut me off is because the first excuse they used was, I was already getting treatment. I said, no one's touched me. No one can touch me until I saw the doctor. The doctor took two months before I could see him. Or was it three? It's a, it's a ridiculous thing. So, I, I, so she went and contacted, and she's like, well, we're, we're done with that company. We're going to go with a different insurance company because we do have problems with them. I'm like, here we go. Keep in mind, I'm not getting a paycheck now, and I'm not getting any physical therapy. So I'm, I'm starting to question myself, am I really injured? Can I just go back to work? I'm like, Lord, you're, you're going to take care of this. Like I said, it's, it can be frustrating. You can start pointing your fingers at people or arguing on the phone, but that's not going to get you anywhere. So I had God's peace with me this whole time. And the woman finally got in touch, and they said, well, we thought you were delaying the process because the second excuse was how come you didn't get treatment this whole time? Well, you don't get treatment on an injury when the doctor doesn't know what it is yet and then gives you that information. So... Last week, they finally gave me five weeks of pay, 
and reinstated my full workman's comp insurance, and I've been going to physical therapy, and I'm getting better in Jesus' name. But, thank you. But that's just one, one thing that the devil's trying to get in. It's right before Christmas, too. I got bills to pay. I have gifts I want to buy for people. If you ask my granddaughter, I got to buy her everything. So I'm like, you know, we're doing all right, but Lord, it's in your hands. You're going to change these people's minds, these people's ideas, and you're going to, yes, give me favor, which I've had. So that's one. And then whenever we do our confession, checks in the mail. Well, you guys ever get, like, statements in the mail, and you know their statements, and you just put them aside, maybe file them away, but you never really open the letter? Well, we had a letter come in a couple weeks ago, and it was put aside for a little bit. And pastor's the person in my house that has everything organized in the computer, so everything gets filtered through her. She takes care of a lot of the information and the, and the bill paying that we got to go out, that we have to put out. So it went to her, it went on her desk in the office, got put, put, pushed aside. I don't know what prompted you to open this, but it opened it, and it was a, close to a $300 check. Unexpected income. Check in the mail, unexpected income. We're not just saying this because we'd like to hear ourselves talk. We're saying it because it works. We just got to speak it into existence. You know who can speak things into existence more than anybody? Kids. We want to break from our granddaughter sometimes. She's over a lot, and she'll be leaving that morning. I'm coming back later, and we're like, yeah, sure, we got plans, or whatever's going on. Sure enough, guess who's walking through our door a few hours later? The granddaughter. Their innocence actually helps in what they believe, and that's what we got to get back to. Now, can I get the uh, scripture up there? The one scripture I'll leave us with today is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a hope, a future and a hope. Sorry. To give you a future and a hope. Our hope's in Jesus. The Holy Spirit, when he speaks to us and gives us a plan, it's never going to be wrong. It's never going to go sideways or backwards. It's always going to be the right thing to do. Because God can't go back on his promises. And that's the promise right there. Amen? All right, now we can all stand, please, and we'll read our confession. Ready, read. Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs. Raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and incomes, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed. And we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. Every area. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember that, checks in the mail. I like that one. I like all of it. If you want to bring your offerings and tithings up to the front, please. Pastor will pray over them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are cheerful givers. Amen.
Hallelujah. We were uh, talking, I was listening to some, uh, someone talk, and he was saying there's a church out in, um, I think it was uh, Rama, France, uh, out in uh, another, I think it's in Nice, um, and uh, it's a woman pastor there, and she was believing God for, uh, she believed it was time to uh, have a facility of their own, um, but they didn't have much money uh, for it. They were renting. And so they didn't have much money for it. And so she said, but I'm going to go ahead and draw up the kind of building that we want. Uh, the plans, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and step out in faith and do it. Because I believe that God is uh, wanting uh, to do that. And uh, within short order, Pastor Moore, God laid it on his heart. To, now she, uh, the plans and everything that she had was exactly the amount of money she needed, what kind of building, this, that, all of the things. She had all of that plan. And so when Pastor Moore called and said, God put you on my heart, what do you need? She told them the need. He paid it all. They got their facility. When we take a step of faith and we know we've got a, he, it says that he plans out our future. Your future is planned out. God has planned it out. He planned it out, we saw last week in the book of Genesis. He had already started the plan for our lives. And so if we'll just find out what that is, we tell our kids, you can do whatever you want. The best thing to do is tell them you can do whatever God wants you to do. He's empowered you to do that, but you need to find out what that is. It's not to find yourself, it's to find out what God has planned out for you. Become aware of that and then do it. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to sow, to, to invest in your kingdom. Thank you for every single person who's represented here online, whether through uh, push pay, whatever uh, method they gave. I thank you for the blessing, your blessing that's on them, making them rich. I thank you, Father God, that you are lightening their load. <laughs> we thank you, Father, that our bills are being paid off. Our debts are being demolished. We thank you, Father, that the blessing of the Lord makes us rich and adds no painful toil or sorrow to it. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, that every single person is blessed in this place and walking in the blessing of the Lord, going in and coming out. Their bank accounts are full. In Jesus' name, they have enough, but yet they have more than enough. Not just paycheck to paycheck, but we have more than enough, an abundance of provision. In Jesus' name, Amen. Glory to God. Do you have an abundant provision? Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. As you can see, my two favorite people are not here this morning. They are home this morning. Dad is fighting the good fight of faith and mom is with him. And so uh, as you think about him this week, just go ahead and lift him up to the Lord and uh, declare the strength of God in his body. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. All right, so Christmas is upon us. <laughs> it's here, ready or not, here it is. <laughs> here it is, we're here. And so uh, if you have not done all your shopping, you're not alone. I'll be out there with you this week. So you are not alone, but except I'm going in the morning. You may be going after work or something, but I'll be there the minute the store opens. Maria Murphy will be in line. <laughs> I have a few things to get. But uh, it's always fun uh, when I love shopping for people. 
And I think that might be my problem <laughs> because I love shopping for people. And so I can never get enough. And you know, I'm like, oh, and they'll love this, and oh, they'll love that, and oh, they'll... and he's like, how much do you gotta get? <laughs> how much can one little girl use? <laughs> how much can this individual? I just love to bless people. And so, but that's how God is. He's always pouring into us. That's how he is. And so I thank God, you know, everything worked out with his five-week check. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was going to make it work without it. I was going to make it work. But I thank God that uh, he came through right on time. Amen. He's always on time. Hallelujah. So last week, we looked at some prophecies concerning the birth of Jesus, his life, ministry, death, resurrection, and ascension. And we also looked at the fulfillment of those prophecies, those words that were spoken. Uh, and we talked about how if we receive Jesus, if we have him in our hearts and we are living a life that's dedicated to him, his redemptive work, if we've received that, the fulfillment of these wonderful prophecies excite us and they confirm in our hearts what's taken place in our lives. They also give us hope because they remind us of the covenant we have with God. And we know that if these words were fulfilled about Jesus, if they were fulfilled, well, then the things we're believing for still, that we still haven't seen yet, they're, they're in the works, but we haven't seen them, that they'll also come to fruition in our lives, will also be fulfilled since our Heavenly Father is a covenant-making and covenant-keeping Father. Amen? We just saw one of his words there in Jeremiah. 2911. Hallelujah. Today I want us to look at a very familiar passage of scripture in John chapter 3 and verse 16. We can probably all quote this. I know a lot of people who I worked with who don't go to church, but they can quote this. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a verse we typically read when talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. Right around Good Friday, you'll hear this verse be spoken about. But today I want us to look at it as we talk about the incarnation of Jesus. When he gave up the high position that he had in heaven, that he held there and redressed or reclothed himself, shedding or vacating his attributes, his splendor, his majesty. We talked about that last week. And came to this earth as a baby. Demographic-wise, he came in the most vulnerable population on this planet, a baby. Ever go to the hospital and visit someone who just had a newborn? <laughs> that newborn, when you walk in the room, does not come greet you. <laughs> that newborn does not come and say, hey, I'm here. <laughs> do you like me? How do I look? No, that newborn's laying down, probably most of the time in mama's arms or in a crib. You have to walk over to the baby. You have to, oh, make all the noises that we make. And the baby's just laying there sleeping half the time. And, but the baby doesn't tell you, hey, I'm hungry. Hey, I'm thirsty. No, God gives mommy and daddy instincts to know what baby needs, right? 
And so that's the position that Jesus came in, where he was totally dependent on mommy and daddy. He left that position in heaven where everything, he told everything what to do. And now he's under command of another. And so uh, not only, you know, were his parents, because Mary and Joseph, they, they knew. They write songs, Mary, did you know? She knew. She knew she was she, giving birth to the Son of God. But she didn't know the full picture of it. She didn't know the full you know, the whole picture, but she knew this kid was special. She knew he was special. And so not only were they new parents, uh, they, they were aware of uh, God entrusting uh, his son to them as the savior of the world. Uh, but can you imagine the weight on their shoulders? You know, you mess this one up and <laughs> the whole world is going to feel it. You know, you make a mistake with Jesus, the whole world's going to feel it, mama. <laughs> you know, we, we make mistakes and we get through it. It may affect our family. You know, we may have, you know, we may get blamed for the rest of that child's life. <laughs> As they grow, they may blame us for things. Uh, but it's the whole world doesn't uh, get messed up. But imagine the savior of the world and they were parenting him. Hallelujah. So God knew he choose the right, chose the right parents, though. He knew he cho chose the ones who would uh, raise him in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And, he, and because of that, the grace was on them to successfully raise Amen. Jesus. Amen? Amen? Well, mom and dad, the grace of God is on you to raise your children successfully as well. God's no respecter of persons. And so his grace is on you to do the same. Now, John 3, 16, and the voice says this, for God expressed his love for the world in this way. He gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not face everlasting destruction, but will have everlasting life. Amen. Everlasting life. The world hears this verse, and I'm talking about those without the Lord. They hear this verse and they look around and they see much destruction. They see people perishing every day. They see death and they wonder how can this verse be true? This is what the world questions. People are dying around me every day. Well, first we have to understand that this verse is not talking about the life we live in the flesh. That's not what it's talking about. It's the life we live in the spirit. And when we say that, spirit is the real you. When I look at you, I'm seeing the outer part of you. But the inward part of you is the real you. That is you, spirit. And that is the life that Jesus is talking about here. When uh, you take your last breath here on this earth, your spirit doesn't just hang around and haunt people, as some would think. That's not what happens. It's a law. Spirit needs a body to have permission to be here on this earth. It needs something, a vehicle, to travel with. And so that is a law and it will never change. 
And we, we, we won't get into all of that. That's for another day and a time. But I just want to tell you this, that when your body falls to the ground, your spirit has two places it must go. One of the two. And we know those places, heaven or hell. And this is when Jesus talks about everlasting life. God sent Jesus to the earth out of love for you and I so that when our time comes, we have assurance of where we're going. We have assurance where we'll spend eternity. You don't want to wait until that moment to determine where you want to go. You don't want to wait. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, For God says, at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today, not tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. You are here today. And so make that decision today. And so a lot of times a question that keeps people from receiving and taking that next step is the next question they ask. How can a good God send someone to some place that's so bad and that place is hell? And that question keeps a lot of people from taking that next step. And so I say let's look at it a little differently. Let's look at it how it really is. See, because of Adam, we all came into this world as sinners, and we were already destined for hell. Already destined for hell. Jesus came and changed that trajectory. He changed it for you and I and gave us another option. And so we can take that option. We don't have to be destined for hell. He changed it for us. So instead of looking at why is he doing this, you are already going there. We're just asking you to change your destination. Change your destination. You're like, wait a minute, this is a Christmas message. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. We're getting there. I'm just kind of showing you where the world was, where we were. Some of us don't have to imagine much how the world was in darkness, because we live that way. We lived without Jesus. You don't have to use your imagination too much. You know how your life was B.C. <laughs> I know how my life was before Christ. You don't have to imagine it. And so the reality of it is that he's not sending individuals there. Amen. They're already going there because of Adam. Now, Adam's going to have a lot of talking to when we get to heaven. <laughs> Some are wondering if he's going to be there. <laughs> but he's going to have a lot of talking to. He's the first man. He'll be there. And so he's, got a, he's going to have a lot of talking to because we, we get on him. But we do the same thing Adam does on a daily basis. Some of us, moment by moment, we do what Adam did. It just didn't affect the entire universe. It affects our entire universe, but not everybody else's. But because of Adam, he was our representation here on this earth. You have to understand that. He represented you and I as the first man and the first woman. And because of what he did, he put us in a bad place. 
So the moment our feet touched this earth, we were already destined for hell. But we, Jesus, God had a plan. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he just read it. God had a plan for a future for us. Well, he had to make some changes. He had to put that plan right into motion. And we saw it last week in Genesis 3. He said, I will protect the womb of the woman between his seed, her seed and the devil. And so now Jesus came. Jesus came down, love came down to this earth, and he made a way for us to change our destination. Now we don't have to live in that trajectory. We don't have to go down that road. We have another path we can take. That's what Jesus came to do. Hallelujah. There are many who haven't heard of this plan. We have a lot of work to do as believers. There are many who haven't heard of it. There are some who rejected it because they don't understand it. And so they're rejecting what they understand. They're not rejecting Jesus. If they knew Jesus, they wouldn't reject him. They're, under, they're rejecting their idea of Jesus. And to be honest with you, if I listened to other Christians talk and I watched how they lived and they told me about Jesus, I'd probably do the same thing if I didn't have the revelation of it. I'd be like, That's, you serve Jesus? And you're telling me Jesus is like that? No, I don't want it either. We haven't always been a good representation, a good ambassador for him. And so we need to, we have work to do as believers, the whole body of Christ. I'm not talking about this, this church. I'm talking about the whole body of Christ. We all have work to do. Okay, it's Christmas message. <laughs> so look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. We're getting there. I just want us to see when you live without God, we live without hope. And that's how the world was before Jesus came. Without, there was like no hope as a Savior. At least now we have hope. It's available to us. A lot of people don't take it. Some haven't. Some have. But there was no, there was no hope at that time. Like this is the way we're going to live forever and ever. But Jesus came. 1 John 4.16 says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. God is love. He doesn't have love. You've heard this in this church. for <laughs> This is dad's message right here. God is love. He doesn't have love. He embodies love. He is love. He, his love is not the conditional love that you and I know a lot about. At least we think we do. You know the love that says, I love you if dot, dot, dot. God's love is I love you, period. <laughs> it's not conditional. God's love is agape love. It's a high-level love. The kind of love that occurs when an individual sees, recognizes, understands, and appreciates the value of an object or a person, causing the viewer to behold this object or person in great esteem, awe, admiration, wonder, and sincere appreciation. If needed and if necessary, God's love, agape love, will even sacrifice itself for the sake of that object 
or person it so deeply cherishes. Agape love is the highest form of love, a self-sacrificial love, hallelujah, that moves one to action. This is what 1 John 4, 9 and 10 tells us. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is a high level love and this is God. This is why he was so compelled to send Jesus to this earth and Jesus also embodies the God kind of love. Hallelujah. That's why he humbled himself and he came to this earth as a, as a baby, knowing that the sacrifice he was making for us was going to give us another way. It was going to make a way for us to regain fellowship with the Father like Adam had. Adam had unhindered fellowship with God. When he sinned, now there was all kinds of things that had to happen. I was talking to Eric yesterday. They were talking about how they have, they believe they have the Ark of the Covenant in Ethiopia. It was a whole big thing. They go in there once a year, only once a year. It's guarded, all of this stuff. Well, that's how they lived in those days. After Adam sinned, oh, the blood of bulls and the blood of goats. Read the book of Hebrews. We're reading through that right now. How many animals <laughs> had to die? How many animals for the remission of sins over and over and over again? Jesus came and changed all of it. That's, and it started here when he was birthed. It started right here. His plan started right here. So Jesus saw us, uh, the Father saw us in this state of sin. And he looked down and he didn't just say, I love you. And it echoed through the ages. No, love takes action. And it compelled him. It said Jesus throughout the Gospels was moved with compassion. That's the love of God. And so God didn't just love us from a distance. He decided to bring his love down. Love came down to earth. Your heavenly father believes in you that much. The redemptive work of Jesus, the entire plan was set into motion because of you. Because of you. You were, the you were in the Father's heart, hallelujah, when he designed this plan. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4 and 5 says, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead on that path to hell, we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Oh, the love of our Father for us. When love came down, everything changed on this earth. The hopeless found hope. The darkness was dispelled by the light. 
for those who received him, their destiny was changed. Our destiny was changed. Look at John chapter 1 and verse 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And no one is excluded or exempted. We just have to receive it. Believe and receive it. It's nice to just think about it and have it be a nice thought some out, somewhere out here. That's really nice. Thank you. But we must do something about it. Love takes action. This high-level, unconditional, self-sacrificial love changed the world, and his love has the power to change anything you need changing in your life. And we're celebrating Christmas this week in just a few days, and what a great opportunity to remind ourselves of God's love and fully embrace it. You know, you have to receive it first, and then it talks about knowing and believing in the love of the Father. And, you know, we hear a lot. If you go to the store, you're going to find a lot of shirts that say love on it right now. Be kind and love. And there's a lot of words being spoken about, you're not loving this person if you don't agree with them and that kind of thing. But I'll just say this to you. The love of God doesn't insist on its own way in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is in us now. And if we love, we'll live God's way, not our own way. And so to tell an individual, well, you have to accept me and all my ugliness. Yeah, I love you and all your ugliness. But you can't be nasty to another person. You have to also live in love. Amen? It works both ways. But a lot of people are insisting on their own way. Love does not insist on its own way. Right. It works both ways. Love lives God's way. That's the right way to live. And so I, I encourage you, stay in love this Christmas. The higher level of love, you know, when people are ugly around you and, you know, when you're sitting at the table, all your interactions, stay in love. Just let it just go. Let it go. Don't get into arguments, fussing, fighting. Just let the love of God rule and reign in your heart. If you let the love of God rule and reign in your heart, his peace will rule and reign in your heart. It will be much easier to overlook things because that's what love does. It overlooks. Well, what am I supposed to do? Let everybody walk all over me? No, <laughs> that's not how it goes. Look at Jesus. Look at his example. He walked right through a crowd that was ready to kill him a few times. Walked right through and they didn't even know where he went. Just slip out the back door. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Where'd they go? <laughs> Where'd they go? I'd rather slip out the door quietly and maintain my peace than start getting in someone's face and let them get into mine. Amen. Slip out the back door. We got to go now. <laughs> Just walk out. You know, we don't always. Love doesn't always have to have the last word.
doesn't always have to have the last word. You know, you can hit the X on that comment on Facebook. Just say, I'm not going to comment. How many times have you done that? Type, 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 type. I'm about to send my response and love. Something inside of you says, you know what? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? No. Delete. <laughs> I'm not willing to, to lose my peace <laughs> over this. <laughs> he said, let's find out. Click. <laughs> Your whole world can flip upside down yeah. with the click of a button. Right. And then you are the one who started the strife. Without even wanting to start the strife, you've started the strife. And so, you know, just know that we're coming out of two years that no one on this planet has ever lived. These two years, everybody's trying to figure it out. Everybody, from the president on down to whoever, to the youngest child, we are all trying to figure it out, right? And so, Extend the grace that you want people to extend to you. That's good. That's good. We're supposed to be administering grace. Extend the grace. Overlook. A lot of people have been overlooking things you've done. So be great, graceful and overlook what they've done. For Christmas. Can we do that just for this week? This message is just for this week. <laughs> just for Christmas. That's my Christmas gift to you. And even if you've got to tell them that. Don't like what you said. I don't agree with it. But it's Christmas. There's your Christmas present. I'm overlooking it. Zip the lip. Let's go have some eggnog. <laughs> right? Love. Love looks different. I'm telling you, if we taught a message on the love of God and just how it looks practically, it would look very different than how the world wants you to love them. It doesn't, love doesn't allow someone to go out and be in a dangerous place and to wander. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't see someone on a ledge and leave them there. Oh, well, that's their choice. Be who you are. Do what you want. No, love doesn't do that. Love prays. Love has kind words to, to talk them down from the ledge, not push them over the ledge. Love looks very different than what we do. It says Jesus leaves. In Matthew chapter, I think it's 18, it said he leaves the 99 to go find the one. To go find the one. Love is very different than what we think it should be. Look in 1 Corinthians 13. And, and just, we're not going to read that today, but look in 1 Corinthians 13 and see what God's love looks like. Right. It doesn't insist on its own ways. It doesn't take account or keep score of the things that people do wrong to it. That's hard. That's not our kind of love. Our kind of love is very different. Anytime you have an argument, that thing that they did before comes right up. Right, married couples? <laughs> and you're like, you always or you never. Why? What am I doing? I'm keeping score. I remember everything you've done. <laughs> and I'm going to let you know if the time is right. And so that's what the natural love does. But that's not God's love. And so that's why it takes renewing of this mind. You do not do this in the flesh. This is spirit living. If you want to love like God loves, you've got to live in the spirit. Spirit living. And you know what? We're empowered to do that. So this Christmas, as you sit around the table, receive his love. Know and believe that he believes in you and that he loves you and embrace that love and then you be loved. 
at the table. You be love in the room. You be love to those around you. Every interaction, let love come down into that room that you're standing in. Let love be in every room that you walk into this week. Amen? And beyond. Not just for Christmas. <laughs> but let's start here. But beyond. Amen? That's God's perfect way for us. He desires that we do that. Would you stand with me this morning? Before we leave, I just want to ensure maybe you have not, and, and you could be watching with us today, maybe, you know, you haven't exactly, you, you understand that Jesus came and, and you know what that means. You've heard it in stories a hundred times, but maybe you've not personally opened your mouth and asked him to come and be a part of your life. Jesus wants to be a part of your life. He doesn't just want to be someone that you read about or someone you hear someone else talk about. He wants to be a part of your yeah. life. And it's very simple. It's just very simple. So I'll ask you this morning, if you would, repeat after me and believe it in your heart as you say it with your mouth this morning. And let's just make a public confession or profession of what we believe. Amen? So say, God in heaven. I believe, I believe that Jesus is your son. He came to this world as a baby. He lived and walked among men. He was an example for us. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again with me in your mind. I thank you, I thank you for, forgiving for forgiving me of all of my sins, of all my sins. Past, sins past sins, present sins, present sins future, sins. future sins. I believe, I believe that you are now, you are now my, Lord, my Lord and that I am, that I am going, to heaven. going to heaven. I am a child of God child and of God. I, am I am the righteousness, the righteousness of, God of God in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. I belong to you and you belong to me from today until eternity. Amen. Glory to God. He is yours, and you belong to him. It's the best decision you'll ever make doing life with God. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we won't see you Wednesday, but we'll see you on Friday if you can make it. It's just going to be a, a one-hour candlelight service with songs of the season, Christmas songs, carols, beautiful time together. So come and be a part of that. Uh, for those of you who join us in the mornings for prayer, we'll be praying this week. Uh, and uh, so we'll see you at 930. Uh, stay for the uh, ugly Christmas sweater we're going to have here <laughs> in a few. If I don't see you before Christmas, if you're unable to be with us, I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. May you be surrounded by the peace, love, provision, and joy of the Lord. Amen?